millions of YouTube views, shares, Instagram likes, followers, and fans across the globe. But what do all these amazing pets have in common? Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a shelter or adoptable pets near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard? Well, <laughs> that's entirely up to you. Visit theshelterpetproject.org and hear more about Hamilton the Pug, Toast, and Keyboard Cat's amazing adoption stories. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Your perfect pet is just a click away at theshelterpetproject.org. announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund. Join the club that gives you stuff. Hey, thanks! Radio loyalty. Here's how it works. Just click on the radio loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then, you keep on listening like you already do. But now, you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for stuff in the radio loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the new player's app store. Pretty simple, right? Radio loyalty to join now. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry level candidate great your resume isn't quite what we're used to but you've got a fantastic work ethic thank you and i'm impressed by how you carry yourself so should we talk about the job what the job oh sorry yeah i have no way of recruiting or even meeting you this interview didn't happen it may sound ridiculous and that's because it kind of is there's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on meet the grads of life who are they talent worth knowing about Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. My name is Ruth Rusi. I'm a retired teacher. I'm 91 years old, and this is how I live. Artist Exchange. The 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 Artist Exchange. Uh, welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. <clears throat> After almost two months without glasses on, I have my second set of eyes, and the world just looks new and clear and crisp. Um, and hopefully, uh, as I subside my nerves in deciding whether or not I, well, not deciding whether or not I'm actually getting LASIK, um, but I'll still be wearing glasses, but it will just improve my eyesight. So I won't be wearing bifocals in the next 10 years. Um, but with that being said, welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Um, any updates that I want to make? Uh, other than Mama Linda joining me on Mondays, uh, she's a storyteller. She's the president of the Baltimore Griot Society. Um, and she's been so since forever. Uh, actually, she was a griot in, 
I remember her being a griot when I was in elementary school. So she has been doing this for a number of years, and she'll be actually bringing on a number of other storytellers and mainly seniors uh, uh, in a series called How We Got Over. Uh, it's brought to you by the Peel Center that uh, both of us are uh, partners with, and she will be coming on interviewing a number of um, uh, elders and from the Baltimore DMV community that are also storytellers. Um, so yeah, that's Monday starting the 24th of this month. Um, so stay tuned, stay locked in for that. If you've been noticing, I've been posting a lot more on the Instagram page as well as the, um, the Facebook page. Uh, and I'm going to start doing more posts inside the Artist Exchange group page as well. I've just been sharing everything most of the times. But I'm trying to uh, rev up the content and the traffic to the radio show page as well as the Instagram page. Um, just to bring it up a little bit more, it had gotten kind of slow a little bit, so I'm just trying to push it a little bit. So if you have not already, um, subscribe to the Artist Exchange page or even the Big Exposed Radio Show page. Definitely do so. Uh, tune in, stay locked in for updates. I have some really good giveaways coming up soon um, from a couple of companies that will be coming on and actually uh, partnering with us. So stay tuned. Maybe some tickets, maybe some products, maybe a meal. You just never know. Just some um, hints to what's going on. Also, the Artist Exchange Firestarter series will be returning. And I've also partnered with the Peel Center in their Be Here uh, story uh, series. And I'll be interviewing a number of individuals who told their stories on that Be Here app and some new faces as well. So definitely stay tuned, stay locked in for that. Um, Mondays, we'll also be able to see that. So those interviews are taped, and we'll play them on Mondays, on Monday shows as well. So um, <clears throat> this weekend has been crazy. One, because this impending Hurricane Florence that is set to hit down on uh, this entire East Coast. And I was actually volunteering at a shelter, helping it to get prepared just in case that people, uh, just in case the hurricane reaches us and people have to evacuate and stuff like that. So they were putting in some uh, man hours in preparation time uh, for the weather and to house people who necessarily could, because everybody in evacuation, everybody can't get out. So there's storm shelters all across um, Baltimore. And I will actually Google the storm shelter or shelters in your neighborhood or in your zip code that are designated uh, evacuation spots for people who can't necessarily leave the city. I don't think it's going to get that far, but it's nothing harmful in preparing for it. Um, and in the midst of it, I realized I had an uncle and an aunt that was in South Carolina, so I had to reach out to them and make sure that they were okay. They actually are with friends. They went to, I believe, uh, Florida, so I don't. I think the hurricane kind of skipped them, uh, and they're actually in Florida as we speak. Uh, so um, this, we've never really had a. I think we've had a hurricane once here that I can remember of, but it was it wasn't significant enough for me to remember. So, but it's always scary to know that 
anything could happen at any given time. So you got to be prepared. If they tell you evacuate, please leave. If you can, really reach out to your family members. Make sure everybody is doing safe because power can still go out. People can flood. I believe uh, where the station is, we're in line with the, <clears throat> I think, a flood zone. So we're downtown. Any downtown community, uh, anywhere near the water is subject to being in the flood zone. So definitely check on people. There are a lot of senior centers in the downtown area. Um, just like uh, last, uh, it was a couple months ago when, uh, uh, I can't remember the area, they had flooded really bad. Dundalk and Essex is known to flood when we get really heavy rains. Where was it? Ellicott City. Uh, so reach out to your family members, especially you know those family members that live alone. I live uh, by myself, so I'm always thankful that people reach out to me when anything happens, just to make sure I'm prepared because it could really be difficult for somebody living on their own to really have an outlet. I have, I'm lucky that I have access uh, to a phone and internet and all those things in case something happens. And I've been told that um, along the, the route of the hurricane, Xfinity uh, is actually, was it Comcast or whatever that company is, is actually opening up the Wi-Fi for people to be able to use just in case uh, the power goes out. So I believe up into the 20th uh, is going to be open. So definitely, I mean, I guess take advantage of it while it's open. But it's really for if anything happens. But I believe it's actually open in this Baltimore area as well. Um, but, 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 but last week we talked a lot about consent um, and what is rape and all those questions and we had an awesome conversation with miss um with miss tide uh she's a phenomenal young lady please follow her on instagram she's a curvy ballerina um she'll be coming on from uh, time to time uh just to add to the conversation she has an awesome message and she's telling her story in a different way so i want to um definitely big up her and uh we didn't get to we didn't get to talk with, um, oh my gosh, Shauna, Shauna Devine. Um, she is supposed to be joining me today, so she'll, she's going to come up here today and talk to me as well. Hopefully, the weather doesn't um, uh, stop her, but we are um, uh, just talking. And last week, we actually celebrated the anniversary, but I didn't want to do nothing, anything like out of the way. I wanted to just further the mission of the show and we have been talking to a lot of artists a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of community leaders and that's not necessarily going to change but the focus of the conversation will and it be more it will be more so about um people's uh story and who they are in terms of things that are happening hot topic issues like today we're going to touch on serena williams just a little bit and i think his name is botman uh, the young gentleman who was shot uh, in his home, in his own apartment, by an uh, off-duty police officer. And I think she's being charged with manslaughter. So topics like that, uh, hot-button issues like that. Um, I'm not really going to jump too much into politics. I'm going to wait until you say what? Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show, only on Big Exposed Radio. Dot com. Don't go anywhere.
The Artist Exchange Radio Show every Friday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., every Saturday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Real artist, real talk, real live on BeExposedRadio.com. I was meeting with a friend yesterday, and I've gotten to the point where don't ask me a question because the truth is going to come out. Exactly. Just don't do it. If you ain't looking for the truth, don't come to me. Don't do it because (laughs) I, I... I can't hold my tongue and she wants to be this uh, stylist uh, boutique but you're not doing anything in that nature and I can't take you seriously Mm -hmm. if you're not doing those things and I understood why people didn't take me seriously because I found myself in in somebody else's lane I was good at what I was doing and what I wanted to be but I wasn't doing it for me so how can I ask you to take me seriously Mm -hmm. if if I'm living in somebody else's shoes nobody can do what you do and I think that that's the big problem that um, people face now like you see what somebody else is doing and you want to do that when that's not your lane. That's not your lane. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. But it's popular. It's getting that yeah. person money. It's getting that person applause. Oh, I want applause. Right. I want money. Let me stand over here behind them. And then a lot of times people aren't honest with themselves either. Like I was thinking earlier today, I'm, I've been woke for almost two days, so <laughs> so you get honesty, yeah. <laughs> and you know, the artist exchange. Only in the forest can you see this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're now listen to BeExposedRadio.com. Check out this fire flashback. Within our community, we got to look at ourselves and love and support each other. However, when we bring color into the perspective, we are no longer looking at each other as equals. We are dividing ourselves even more so than what society divides us. We're already divided with inequality. Not unequality, but inequality within a system that is meant to keep us down. Here we are yet again doing things that are detrimental to our survival and and sustaining of a fruitful living. We're causing more mental health issues upon ourselves in our own society and our own communities by talking about the difference in, in complexion, even when it gets down to the point where we discriminate upon each other. I've often felt that I have been discriminated against even with my own people when it comes to me going into a business that is black owned and black operated and I get up service and then I never want to return. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BeExposedRadio.com. If you have not yet, please take a look at our website, www.BeExposedRadio.com. Check out all of our uh, our music artists that we have posted there. If you want to be one of those artists on our list, definitely email your music, MP3 format only, up to uh, three songs. Uh, include album art and links to who you are, uh, your social media and such, so we can get in contact with you if we want to book you for one of our various shows. Uh, include 
I, it has to be an MP3 format. It has to have album art. Send it to info at BeExposedRadio.com. Please add in the subject line who you are uh, and that you have music so we know exactly who you are. Um, if you want to be booked on uh, the Artist Exchange Radio Show, please email me at the Artist Exchange Radio Show only at gmail.com or send me a message on Facebook uh, via my Facebook page, the Artist Exchange Radio Show, Nate uh, Vashtop Blue Cowser's page, or uh, what's my other page, the Artist Exchange Group page. You can also join it. Say that again. My email address. The Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com. Uh, today, I, I, it's been one of those days. Um, but yeah, if you want to be a guest, definitely uh, email me. If you're looking for a place to bring your show, we are Hot BXR. Uh, so definitely bring it down here, downtown at the harbor, the inner harbor. I'm sorry. We're not just one of the downtown communities. We're actually at the harbor. Uh, but uh, submit your information to us at info at um, If you have a show, if you're looking for a new home, if you don't have a show and you're looking for, you have some ideas, definitely come to us. Or if you had a show and you want to revamp it, bring it back, this is definitely the place for you. Uh, come on down. We have a lot of slots available for you to be able to broadcast your show live every week. So come on down, join the team, um, get in where you fit in. Um, so I wanted to, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to get into, I had a couple of issues I wanted to get to before I, I talked about where I met. And of course I left the sheet and I didn't print it out. So I'm just going to jump into... Um, first of all, um, there's a campaign that Time Magazine is doing for teachers, and it's basically showing you the stories of a few teachers that kind of represent all the teachers at large. And I'm an art enrichment teacher um, at various after-school programs and a couple uh, during-the-school day programs, uh, and th there's a difference between a full-time teacher and an enrichment teacher. But the thing that does not differ is we get a really short budget. And I can imagine uh, the, with the budget that I get to buy supplies with uh, and often have to go into my pocket or to my stash of supplies and pull from, teachers get just a little bit more than that. And I'm surprised that a number of their supplies have to come out of their pockets. And teachers relatively, if you're single, you're young, 20-something, 35000 44000 sounds like a lot of money. But if you have a family, you have a home, all those things, that's not enough money to sustain yourself. And the cities, the economy that we're in today, not even just specific areas, but just the overall and the general economy that we have today, $35,000 is not a lot of money. Um, we're talking about teachers who are being laid off every few years or so when their budget issues and then being rehired when there's a surplus of children for some reason or, you know, a specific area has the money or the, the, do how, the know how to be able to, uh, or the, just the budget to be able to hire or more. But teachers are being laid off. Um, raises aren't being given. 
the schools are being shut down and kind of condensed. So you have to go through all those things on top of trying to live and do uh, just normal things. And I'm going to go into one of, uh, so on the Time articles, they're releasing them. One of the uh, individuals, her story was, I have 20 years of experience, but I can't afford to fix my car, see a doctor for headaches, or save uh, for my children's future. And I'm a teacher in America. The other lady spoke about my child and I share a bed in a small apartment. I spend a thousand dollars on. Uh, I spend a thousand dollars on. You said what? No, it was just too far in my ear. Uh, she said her and her child spent shares a bed. Um, she spends up to a thousand dollars in supplies. I've been laid off three times due to budget cuts, and she's also a teacher. So they did about 15 interviews with a number of teachers from across America, and mainly most of them have those uh, stories. Even, and most people would think if you work at a private school, you probably make more money. And I really just, it really just depends where you are. Like I know here in Maryland, teachers in PG and the DC area make more than the rest of, uh, like compared to Baltimore City, uh, and probably like uh, Eastern Shore teachers, they make a little bit more than certain teachers. But again, the cost of living in that DC uh, area is astronomical. So I'm quite sure a number of those teachers can't even afford to live near the schools that they teach at. I know I had a friend who was a substitute who had to commute from Baltimore to D.C. because the cost of living was too high for him to be able to afford. Even though the paycheck was relatively good, he couldn't afford to even live near where he went. So he had like an hour and a half, almost two hour commute every morning, getting back and forth to work. <clears throat> and it's really, uh, it's something that I don't think people are really looking at or care too much about, but it is who we, like, it's, it's how we're living right now, and teachers are really strapped. And a lot of people, I, I, I think, let me um, go back, because a gentleman made a comment, and he said it's no different than any other struggle, but I guess we're focusing on teachers. And I asked this gentleman, he commented on the a post that I made about it on Instagram, and I asked him, did he have children? And he said he had four children. He lives in an urban community, a city community, city setting. And I told him, like, city teachers do not make a lot of money. Now, compared to Baltimore City and a lot of the private schools, actually Baltimore City teachers make more than private school teachers. And people are sometimes shocked to hear that. But just because you spend a lot of money for your child to go to school doesn't mean that that money is going directly to their teachers. And I would want the teachers not so much to get paid more than anybody else and I, I definitely doesn't don't want this to be um everybody get paid the same amount because i think different jobs require different things and different skill sets uh should be paid accordingly <clears throat> but i want children to be priority so the people who are nurturing those children your children are often with their teachers more than they are with you so you should want them not only for the sake of paying child care, but 
paying for your child to be getting an education so they then can take care of you or be the leaders of our country. We have a community right now where uh, a lot of young people have not gotten the necessary tools that they need. I know plenty of people my age that can't read, that can't write a decent sentence structure, that can't uh, communicate effectively because of the school system that they went to. Now, I'm not saying send your child to private school or send your child to a charter school because it doesn't always equate to your child getting the best education because it really sometimes uh, boils down to your child's learning style. And sometimes public schools have a little bit more resources than private and charter schools have. Most times charter schools don't have the resources to be able to give your child uh, learning disabilities, IEP uh, type of uh, nurturing. So it would be, it's more benefiting unless you have money to be able to have all these wraparound services. I really suggest keeping your child in a public school setting. And that's why our government right now is trying to eliminate those things because they cost money because they're extra. They're in addition to, but those services have always been afforded to children in public school systems. But I'm going off a little bit, but teachers are very crucial to our children's nurturing and just how they get information. I know just this being an art and theater teacher for a number of years, there are children that come to school that don't have supplies, that aren't uh, prepared, whether it be their hygiene, their clothing, their, the fact that they don't have anything to eat, uh, and they're only, only getting their meal there. Um, there are a number of schools that offer, like, uh, now they're offering the ability for children to be able to clean and wash themselves at school. Uh, but there are a number of uh, students that come to school that have not gotten their homework checked at home. That Now we're at the point where, like in Baltimore City, they're not even sending children home with homework. Um, they're doing more class projects and more things that are over time. They're not getting nightly homework assignments anymore, which I think is detrimental because a lot of children can't read. A lot of children can't do basic math. Uh, basic writing skills, basic comprehension. And it's very sad that now parents are fighting hard for their children to be able to wear a pair of Nikes because of this Colin Kaepernick uh, endorsement. But you're not making sure your children's school is taken care of. And it's just, it's little things like that that I see as um, contradictory. Uh, I'm really uh, for this uh, Nike movement. But I really would put my money in, not into um, buying a pair of tennis shoes for you to be able to support Nike, but actually maybe getting some stock so you can then reap the benefits and forcing, forcing Nike to then invest in the communities that they have those tennis shoe stores in and their tennis shoes are being you know, promoted in. Like force them to use that money to help you build up your children's school because teachers could get paid so much more. And you have teachers moving out of communities because they can't afford to live where they are and teach there, which is crazy. And then other communities reap the benefit. Like Montgomery County, that's one of the, our richest counties here in Maryland. Uh, they're getting a lot of our, our good teachers. They're getting a lot of our good teachers because they're being able to afford them. And I think I just read something where they're even putting a cap on 
the amount of homes that can now be built because they don't want their schools to be overrun with students. So that, that's how we, I think that's how we should pay more attention to, and that's how we should pay attention to our students and paying our teachers a affordable, livable wage and giving them regular increases, I think will bring about change in our community in terms of the education and the children. I think a lot of the other things are important too, but I think it's very important for children to get a nice, um, decent education and it prepares them and allows them to be able to um, kind of compete with students uh, once they become adults in higher education, if they choose to go to college, so on and so forth. I was blessed to have been in a program uh, starting through elementary school all throughout high school and then uh, college I chose on my own but I was afforded uh, private school education and I'm going to say honestly it is a it is a difference um, in the education. I remember the was it the first second half of my junior year. I had to go to Walbrook High School. I had an issue at the school Archbishop Curley that I went to, and when I say I did not want to go back to Curley, but I did not want to exist at Walbrook High School. When I say it was. It wasn't even apples and oranges. It was like apples and rocks. Like it was such a, a difference in the educational system and the quality of education. The teachers were good, but there were fires being started in the bathroom. You said what? Yeah, it was. It was definitely a learning curve for me. And I had, as a junior in my first semester, I had taken so many classes that at, as a junior at um, Walbrook High School, I was considered a senior with the credits that I had. They only, I think, I think it was like two classes that were named differently on my transcripts that I had to then in like class and one ninth grade class. For, but other than that, I got to go home after maybe like two and a half hours because the, the quality of learning was so different. I'm not going to say whether it was better or worse, but I'm going to just say it was different. And just the, the standardized testing, because I didn't come from a school system that had those same standardized testings, I didn't have to take the test. But it was children on there who had been taking this since they were in middle school that was taking the same test over and over and over again. And they weren't passing it. And it, it's just, it, was, it was wild to me to be able to do this. And as much as I didn't want to go back to Curly, I had to. I had to... Um, I had to go back. I didn't want to be in that system anymore. I didn't want to um, exist in that uh, environment anymore. Hey, LeVar. Hey, uh, Rebel. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't want to. And I'm not putting down the public school system. I'm just saying it's a big difference. Um, the environment may be similar because you have young people in both environments. So people are going to get in fights. They're going to be... Discriminate. It's going, those things are going to happen. But the quality of education, I don't want parents to be strapped anymore. We're already having to pay high utilities and, you know, the cost of living is so high. I wouldn't want to 
force a parent to go bankrupt just because they want to send their child to a decent school. And I don't think they should have because people are already paying taxes for their just paying taxes. And those some of those, a portion of those taxes are supposed to be going to um, going to the educational system. And we're being told every day that uh, it's not enough students in the city. So they're having to condense buildings. Um, my aunt wrote in last week and she was one of the managers of the maintenance program in Baltimore City before they laid off a number of them um, like they could afford to do that. Uh, and how the, the AC units and all, all those things were going wrong and they're letting these things happen so they have a reason to shut down schools and build new, brand new schools. But if you have money to build brand new schools, you have money to pay teachers. You have money to make these adjustments now. So if all these things are happening. Why aren't we building more schools? You know, uh, they just finished building the school um, right off of North Avenue. And I'm quite sure that's, that school was given a lot of private grants and a private funding for it to be able to look the way it does. It looks like a mini campus. It really does. It's an immaculate school for it to be an elementary middle school. Um, but it looks like maybe a brand new junior college or something. Like, it really is good. But I say all this to say we have to pay more attention to our students, our teachers, um, and those individuals in our communities that did that need the attention most. And I think overall, uh, I think it will help if we focus on education a little bit more than what we have been. Um, just like they took a large piece of the budget federally to be able to give to that ISIS program, I think they could do the same thing to uh, our educational program. Now, the federal government does not control our local school system, but I think something needs to happen. Somebody needs to step in, not the current administration, but um, uh, definitely um, somebody needs to step in because I think overall uh, the way teachers are being treated is... Detrimental. Now, on the higher educational level, um, what's her name? DeVoe, uh, Betsy DeVos, um, was in litigation over some grants and funding that they have been keeping from a number of universities um, across the country. And I believe um, it was little information on it, and they're still releasing information. And I'll probably speak on this on Monday, but on next Friday, I mean. Um, but there was some uh, litigation and some grants and funding that they were holding from a number of universities um, that then cost them more money. Um, so she actually lost the case, and now they're in a deciding process of what's going to happen. But I, I don't even want to. I don't want to do that. That's not. I wait till Marnie comes back in. How many years? When are you supposed to be coming back, Marnie? Uh, I'll let him deal with that. I'm just saying there are people out there stealing your thunder and I'm just saying when you when you job then people take over your job and they get to be on CNN and interview Rosa and such with them. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, that's what happened. Are we, um, how much more time? We, oh, we got about four more minutes. Um, so I, I think I talked about teaching way more than I really.
Let's see. Um, Amorosa. Well, she lives in D.C., doesn't she? No, she lives in Virginia, Georgia. Oh, well, she's in litigation in D.C., so. Yeah. Yeah, well, she needs a photo op. She's going to all the black um, black things, and she could have been here at Be Exposed Radio had we had a talk lately show. I don't really want to talk to her, so we have nothing to say. Not ten percent. Not ten percent. And only whole food. This one right here. But she. But I just realized. Uh, so I'm gonna speak a little bit on Amarosa because I did finish the book. Have you finished the book yet, Lonnie? No. Because he doesn't care about doing a show. Uh. Wow. So you go to sleep every time you look at it. <laughs> Out of control. It's really good. So you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. But I'm going to be clocking some hours. I'm not going to be... I'm going to be working. The Urban Oyster. Come join us at the Seafood Festival uh, down at the Canton Waterfront if Hurricane Fluence doesn't um, flush us out. I think that's the dumbest thing. Why, why didn't they just? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's going to happen here. It rained a little bit yesterday. It has been drizzling on and off today. But I really don't think it's going to happen. It's going to be like all these snowstorms that we've been promised for like the last 20 years that we never get. Um, but yeah, the Seafood Festival. Now, I have to pace myself. I, I mean, that's just an excuse for you not to be consistent. That's all I'm saying. So, I'm just saying, like, you could have had that exclusive Amarosa down the view to God. Uh, she'd have been, she'd have been ran through. The book to me was awesome. Then she released. She's been releasing these little videos. Did you see the video that she released on The View? I, I just... Ugh. He's going to be impeached. Yes. Yes. The audio that she released. But... I just... I've, I'm, I need for her to get her card back so we start paying attention to her more. Because she's going to come up missing soon. And I think that's why she has to keep talking so everybody's looking at her. Oh. I thought she just put the mic on, put the phone, the air pack on. I mean, the, um, this one. That's Marnie. He once upon a time in a long, 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 long uh, far off land, he had a show called Talk Lately. And he hasn't talked lately, so... Okay. Um, okay. Here I go. Here I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. All right. I'm in this firm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? Well, for me, I just I'm afraid of her safety. 
I, because I feel like the moment she stops talking, she gonna come up missing like a number of these other individuals. I think as long as she keeps talking, she'll be just fine. That's she can't let herself fade into the background because that's when she will go missing. Yeah, because it was another gentleman. I forgot what his position was. He found him in a river. Um, she got 200 recordings, so she could release one every week. She's good for the next five years. But she need to keep talking. You can release those things all she wants to, but she need to tell somebody else who have her beneficiary where they at so they can do it because uh, the moment she stopped talking, it will be the moment that she... Oh, uh, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on com. Don't go anywhere. Wanda, bye-bye. Are you thinking about getting your GED diploma? Well, here at the GED Pep Talk Center, we've got a number of pep talks that can motivate you. Sometimes things don't always turn out the way you want them to. You know that feeling? People look at you and don't believe in you. You want some gentle encouragement. Then you're on your way to your GED diploma and a better life. But I know they're probably just a little bit nervous. You can find it in yourself to take that first step. You can improve your future. You can do this. I know you can. You need to start pushing yourself. Now get your game face on and take the first step towards a better life. Hurry up. Don't make me repeat myself. Whatever level of motivation you need to get your GED diploma, we've got a pep talk that's right for you. Call 1-877-38-YOUR-GED or visit yourged.org for your pep talk and find free GED classes in your area. GED is a registered trademark of the American Council on Education. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. On uh, BeExposedRadio.com. You want to start off? Um... I think I'll get it out of the way on a who's not. Okay, do it. The Orioles. <laughs> right, right. They, they got swept by the Royals. They lost four in a row. And mm-hmm. uh, the last five games have all been decided by one run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game before, or the, the last game that they lost before the Royals was uh, the Nationals and his uh, uh, Weeders, of course. Mm-hmm. One, uh, one with a uh, home run. Drove right, hit the, home run. hit the home run. Right. Um, they're... Going into that national series, it seemed like they were doing so well, and they just they just crapped out. Um, uh-huh. They got that game postponed, so who knows when they're going to replay that or play that game? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my first knot for the night. Okay. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and um, weigh in on my who's not, and I'm going to talk about the San Diego Padres. The Padres. That's yeah. okay. You Padres. just took my answer. Uh, um, they're in last place in the NL West. Um, they've lost eight of their last ten. Their run differential is a negative 65, um, which is just horrible. So when you have, uh, when, when, well, let me just uh, talk about run differential a little bit. It's it's kind of like the um, how much like you're you're winning or losing of, your games by, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. It's like the margin of victory, kind of. Right. So um, when you're in a negative number, that that means that you know you're. Then your average game, you're losing by a whole lot. Right. I mean, a number like negative sixty-five, you know, this early 
into the in the season is is, is pretty rough. That's and horrible. The uh, the pitching numbers pretty much um, support this uh, this uh, stat right here. I mean, the team ERA is 470, which is 26 in the league. Um, they have uh, 126 walks allowed. Uh, they acquired Jared Weaver in the off season, and he really has not panned out. Um, he's off to one of the worst starts in any of the pitchers in 2017. Mm-hmm. He's 0-4 with a 605 ERA. Um, in May alone, he already has 12 earned runs. T- 12 sure. earned runs right. in May. And, um, you know, another one of their pitchers, Clayton Richard, he's 2-4 and four with a 4.34 ERA. And, you know, in May he has 6 earned runs and 12 innings pitched. So they're not pitching well. And um, on top of that, they are also not batting well. Right. But it kind of sucks because Manuel Margot is doing pretty good. His um, mm-hmm. the past few um, at bats, his last. Join the Just a Bit Outside crew every Monday, eight to ten p.m. on uh, BeExposedRadio.com. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com. So I'm going to take a break from the political jargon and politics and hot topics. And I'm going to go to some movie news. One, it was just released in an article uh, in BuzzFeed News. Viola Davis reportedly says she regrets doing her role in The Help. It did not portray a nuance of this same stereotypical black maid character. So she regrets. That was one of her only regrets. She was asked if she regret any role. And that's the role that she regrettably um, regret. Uh, a lot of people felt the same way, um, but yet and still, it took her career from where she was to this whole nother level to her getting her own TV show and a number of other movies, and it just opened up the door. So I can understand where she come from, but I, I, I wonder if she's kind of on the fence with it versus just totally regretting it. Also, in movie news, the Candyman remake uh, is happening. Um, first of all, let me just explain to you. There was a meme that goes around, that went around recently, that says any person that watches horror films for on purpose and can go to sleep right after without any drains, you're a psychopath. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. There are, I can watch certain horror movies and I believe my front room of my apartment is haunted. Now, that sounds strange to people, but I really believe that the front room in my apartment is haunted. I know for sure. I used to, my bedroom used to be in there, and I would be in my bed, and I could feel somebody sitting down on the edge of my bed. Um, my phone used to flicker. You would be now, baby. Until I moved. First of all, I'm not. I'm in Charles Village. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> But I, I remember, like, it just was on it. But I'm not a horror movie person. Now, I could go to the movies and watch a movie in the daytime and come home and be good. But do I watch movies like that in my own home? No. Somebody got to be staying with me for a couple days in a row before I do something like that. And even then, uh, no. Uh, I ain't doing that. But I'm going to tell you, this movie was the only movie... That scared the living shit out of me. I, even as a kid, Candyman was not to be played. Like, I just, I didn't do that movie. As a kid, I have yet to watch the movie. 
I'm going to just say, I saw it in slices, but I've yet to be able to sit down and watch that movie in its totality. I went to the movie theater. The first maybe like 15 minutes of the movie, I got up and I went to go sit in the lobby. And that's where I sat until my mom and all my cousins came out of the movie theater. That ain't the life that I lead. I don't do horror movies. It ain't. That ain't the God that I serve. I, I rebuke it. I just don't do it. And the fact that they're going to remake this um, and uh, Peel, not, not Peel, um, Key and Peel, what's the, the one who did, um, he just directed uh, Get Out. He's remaking it, and so he's going to be the director of it, which is going to be, it's going to horrify people. Like, uh, no. I'm going to have to watch this movie at, like, the first one of the day and probably don't go to sleep till the next day. Like, that's probably going to be what it is. I think I'm going to go watch it only because he's directing this. Um, and, yeah, the image of it is the old image of Candyman. I forgot the actor's name. Uh, Jordan Peele. He's the uh, director of it. Uh, producer, actually. And it's the image of the actor with all the bees on his face. The second time I tried to watch the movie, I started from that part. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not going to do that. Um, so that's it. And speaking of movies, so I have crazy dreams. I've been called an empath. Um, I don't really claim being a psychic. You say what? Okay, so I'm going to get a little bit into it. So I had an awesome dream. And I'm going to tell you about that dream when we come back from this commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BigExposedRadio.com. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's is the moment I knew that for him... You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment... Check out this flashbulb. Sometimes, let me say this, sometimes we people did things a certain way because that's all they knew. Right. So, my point. If, if the only thing they knew... 40 years ago was the handle like this? Mm-hmm. That's what they did. So you, we're holding, we're holding accountable and a standard for something that some people, that's all they knew how to do. So they did it the way they had to do. Big but mama, when you did, when you did something, no, I'm not arguing. That's, that's what I'm saying. How, we, I'm not saying that the church, the church as a whole, we have issues that we need to work on. Everything got issues. But instead of criticizing the church, let's be impactful to show something different. It bothers me. Because guess what? Because watch this. This is what I do. This is per. I can't say anybody else. But I don't. We. My church is not judgmental. We're very. We love God. All of us are sitting fall short of the glory of God. I believe it. One of our statements of my church is: "There's nobody more important from the pulpit to the pew, uh, to the back door. All of us are God's children." That's our. That's one of the things I teach my my membership. I teach my church um, because we're all God's children. All of us are flawed. All of us got issues. Um, but you gotta also take into consideration: What is the black church to the black community? 
we only we only did what we knew. That was the only place we got information. That's the only place we got education. That was the only place that we were accepted to do and to be and be free and be leaders and to guide this. And they did a good job for what they had. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I think we spent too much time condemning what was our foundation instead of trying to be progressive and, and, and say, okay, well, listen. How do you be progressive? You, you, show, you show something better without criticizing no, what was there. No. Sunset Soul Radio, Thursdays from 7 to 9, only on BeExposedRadio.com. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com. Hey, what's up, and welcome back. Um, first of all, before I get into the story, <clears throat> I have to send my condolences to my D.C. family. Um, my grandmother's sister pass away. She had a stroke and uh, I believe she was unresponsive. It's resourceful. They didn't buy brand new styrofoam cups because this can be reused. Thank you. And I can put some nice art supplies. Thank you. He just want to show this table is used for something. This because <laughs> it's clear the book the world. So anyway, uh, I have to send my condolences to my cousin Coco, uh, who lives in D.C. My great aunt passed away. Uh, what's today? Friday on Wednesday, and uh, she had suffered from a stroke and was left brain dead and unresponsive. Um, so I really send my condolences to uh, my Kauza family right now. To um, This is my father's side of the family um, in a celebration of her life um, and just uh, just keeping her daughter and her, her children in general, her grandchildren covered. Um, also, simultaneously, my father's mother... Is in the hospital. She's actually in rehab, and she hasn't been doing well for the last, I want to say the last year, she's been in and out of the hospital for various things. But normally she'll go to the emergency room. They may keep her overnight or not, and they'll send her back home. But they have recently sent her to a um, rehabilitation center. So I'm just praying for just mercy over my entire family, um, standing out um Words of encouragement to my cousin and my cousins. Uh, sending this a prayer out to my uncle Eddie and my aunt Nell that are that are that live in South Carolina, uh, making sure that they're okay. We still haven't heard from them. We had heard message from friends and neighbors, but I'm um, just getting the message to them. Um, just sending the prayer out. So back to this dream I had. I often have dreams, and I believe God really blessed me with the ability to be able to see my dreams in a way that is like the big picture. And the hardest part about seeing the big picture bite out of it, and to just take one bite and try to consume the whole thing. And the struggle as an artist has been trying to attack the bigger picture. Um, and often finance be the biggest problem in that. But despite that, I'm going to get to 
I'm gonna get to the to the meat and potatoes of it. So I'm trying to posted it on my page. And most I think I punched it. Uh, you know, most times you wake up from a dream and a dream is kind of fading. But I saw this dream. It was so crazy because I woke up from the dream and I, I made a collage of all the women's faces that I saw in my dream. And I didn't understand why I saw all these images. So I saw these six women. It was actually seven of them. But the seventh picture didn't come to me till after the fact. So when I got up, it was like maybe three o'clock in the morning, and I um, I saw six ladies, and they were all like gathered in like what looks like a dining room, and it was Felicia Rashad, Viola Davis, Whoopi Goldberg, Monique, um, Lynn Whitfield, and Angela Bassett, and I didn't understand like the dream was so crazy to me. It was. So it looked so real, but it was something wrong. And I thought that maybe because of what was going on with my great aunt, because the night before they, uh, my cousin had posted the picture and let everybody know on Facebook that um, she had, she was in a coma. And I thought maybe that's what was going on. And maybe that kind of what sparked it and what inspired it. But I went to sleep. And I saw, like, first Felicia wrote Miss Rashard. Felicia Rashard walked in. And Whoopi and Lynn Whitfield walked in. And then Monique walked in. And, oh, my God. So, first of all. So they all walked in. They were all sitting at this big, like, gorgeous, like, wooden. I love wooden tables. It was this awesome wooden table. And it looked like an older home. Um, it took me probably like five minutes to kind of collage it because I get that, you know, and in my mind, on the other side, uh, and I saw these images and all of a sudden, like I went back to sleep. I just, I don't even remember going to sleep, but I posted the image to my Instagram page. So I know I did that, and then I must have drifted back off to sleep. So the, when I've, I've really started to dream the dream then. And so I'm going to just tell y'all what happened. So this became my dream cast. So I just casted this movie that I have not written, nor have I did anything with other than came up with kind of the front page synopsis of it. So the name of the movie is Between the Lines. Um, the cast, the cast in order of appearance would be Whoopi Goldberg, um, Felicia Rashad, uh, Lynn Whitfield. Uh, let me see. Let me click on it. Lynn Whitfield, Angela Bassett, Viola Davis, Monique, and Diane Carroll. She's the seventh person that is only seen as a flashback. So these six women outside of Diane Carroll are all sisters. And they all are in their own chosen life. They're all in their own like given circumstances and they kind of all separated. Um something happened in the family 
And as they grew older, they all kind of went off in their own way. Whoopi Goldberg is the only one. Whoopi and Monique are the only one that stayed in the town where they grew up and kind of connected directly to the family. Diane Carroll dies at the beginning of this. And she is, she dies in the beginning of this. And they all are coming back home to bury her. Um, and when I first thought this, I was like, oh, maybe I'm thinking about expanding the story of um, boot prints that I'm doing. But as the, as the dream started going on, I started realizing, okay, these are real characters. And the whole idea of it was like really deep. The dream was, I dream in full color. I just want to let everybody know this. My dreams are always in full color. And I don't dream nightly. So it may be like this week and maybe like a week and a half later. And it's very seldom that it's like back to back. But this dream was like vivid. I'm going to just tell you this. So I'm not going to get into the detailed details. But the gist of the story is one of these sisters are the children, is the daughter of one of the other sisters. Now... I call them, they're still sisters because the dad actually molested all of the sisters. The only one, the only, the only two that knows about this is the oldest two children. Um, Whoopi and Felicia are the only two that knew about the other children being molested. And nobody ever said anything. So all the all the daughters had been molested. Now the thing is, one of I'm not. So I still have to hold something back because this is I have to write this, and I'm actually working on how to get this down on the paper. But one of the sisters who also was molested had a baby with the father, and that is Monique. Monique's character is the the. The bastard child of one of the sisters and the father's encounter. So all of the sisters have had a sexual okay, relationship with their father. Whether this, all of the sisters have had this relationship with the father. The secret comes out in a book that Viola Davis's character plays. And she is a drug addict slash writer. So like most artists, she has that tragic story about her past and connecting it and kind of keeping it together with some type of abuse. And so she becomes a drug addict out of the sister. She writes a book and before the book is released, she sends it to her mother. So her mother... Her mother, I guess, reads the book, kills the father, and nobody knows what happens to him. Like, nobody... So, it's, none of them are connected to the family. In, the, in my dream, I, there were, like, stories of maybe people were calling home, but they never wanted to talk to him, so they never knew what happened. And the book had only been out from, the book had only just got finished maybe three months prior. And she, the sister Viola sent the book to the mother to read first. So the mother kills the father because she read the book and finds out 
that she had been molested. So the mother only knew about this one sister based on the book. But the book tells about all of the sisters being. So we find out that Viola also knew. But the other sisters outside of Whoopi and Felicia don't know that everybody else has been molested. So the other sisters don't know that all the other sisters went through the same thing. Monique doesn't know that she's really the child of one of the other sisters. Um, So Monique is the youngest sister. Whoopi is the oldest. Then Felicia. Then Lynn. Then Angela. Then Viola. Then my... So let me get this straight. Yeah. Monique's father... I'm kind of confused because it's Monique's father... Her so grandfather? The, no, Monique. Right, no, Monique's father is also. Well, I guess that would mean that's her grandfather. Pooh. Yeah, so I guess I didn't think about that, but that. So this is similar to that that news story that I told about being married to your father. I don't. And not knowing about it. You know how you go to sleep and you hear certain things, and I think the last thing that I saw. I was watching the show, so I may have heard that, but when I drink, this is, so this would be kind of the full story, because remember that was a real story though. That was a real story, right. Right. So this may be like the full story of, of that. if that happened. <laughs> and it's, the, when I say I went to bed, and this, when I woke up that morning, I just was like, I gotta write this down. And the first thing I could, my I left my journal here at the station so I just grabbed my phone and I just started writing but I didn't even remember that I had made this collage which was scary to me because when I woke up it was on my Instagram page so I was like oh my god so I made this collage the night before well I woke up I remember waking up then at that point I remember waking up but it was just so fresh in my mind I was like I gotta write this down this is good this is juicy but the whole story is surrounded by the mother dies, and when they come home, they find the father in the deep freezer in the basement. So that's how they find the father. But the mother has already passed away at that point. So they don't know how, they know, they find out that the, the mother killed the father, but they're trying to cover this up. So the story then becomes they burn their, their mother. But they're trying to figure out how to, how do they get rid of the body? Do they get rid of the body? Do they tell somebody? So they all find the body. Well, Whoopi Goldberg character is the person that finds the body. And then it's kind of revealed that the mother is the person who did it. Um, It's some evidence left around the body that kind of points towards the mother. Um, And, yeah. So... (laughs) I'm I'm really nervous about where this could go, but it's a story. And my dream is to cast all these women as these roles. And I think it could happen. That's the creativity and the God that I serve. So um, maybe it could be a big exposed um, soap opera. You just never know. Lifetime original, the big exposed Lifetime original series. I don't know. I mean... You trying to be a, a benefactor, money? You trying to be the producer? I mean, we need a good budget there. <laughs> Let so. me see a script. 
I'm telling you, like, this shit was so crazy. Like, you know how you try to force yourself to stay to sleep? I did not want to wake up. I could feel myself telling myself, you got to stay to sleep. You got to stay asleep. And the crazy thing is, the rest of the story did kind of fade, fuzzed off, I guess, as I was waking up. But that's where the story kind of ended, and them trying to decide what to do with the body. Knowing that if people found out... What's interesting that I just heard, you know, from listening to it, what I heard is that it could be, it could fit a whole bunch of genres. Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. Drama. Yeah. <sighs> but the way the characters are, it was forcing, like, I didn't want, Mo- so, so the thing Mystery. with Monique, <laughs> so the thing with Monique is, Monique is a little delayed. She's not like... Um, like she, she's not like her character in Precious, but she's a little delayed. In that, um, remember um, the Secret Lives of Bees? Yeah. How the sister was a little delayed. She was a little. Yeah. I didn't want to say she was retarded, but she's Jennifer just a little Hudson. delayed. So she, she is un- always under Whoopi Goldberg's character, who is the oldest. Jennifer Hudson, you talk about? Yeah, was it Jennifer Hudson? Wasn't she the one that was slow? I know. I think Noah was another sister. Jennifer Hudson is the one that took care of that sister. So, the light skin, the other light skin one, not Alicia Keys, though. Yeah, they're the other one. So that was kind of like who Monique's character is, and that was kind of my way of kind of like bringing Whoopi, I mean, um, Monique back into the spotlight a little bit. She may be the only one that says yes to this. I'm just being honest, and Whoopi may say yes if I like stalk her enough. But I gotta figure out how to get the. If if I can get Felicia Rashad, then I think I can get the rest of them. I think it'll kind of fall in line. I don't know about Viola Davis and Angela Bassett. Maybe Lynn Whitfield. Yeah, I think I think Angela Bassett might do it. You know, she accept any role at these points. First of all, she is sixty and fabulous. I I agree, but she's but, also on on TV, and she got like three movies getting ready to come out. Right. She got that show um, nine one one on Fox, so I could get her on the theater side. She's a she was a theater actor, so I've seen her on stage before. So, and she probably got six Broadway shows. I mean, she's busy, but she'll do yeah. it. She takes anything. Yeah, she does. She's the only one out of all those women that's always working. That's, that's always got something coming out. But I even the crazy thing was I saw like their names. Um, like Whoopi's character name is Dorothy, Felicia's character name is Lucille, Lynn's character is Beatrice, Angela's character is Ruthann, Viola's character is Shirley May, uh, <laughs> Monique's is the youngest, and her you name is Vera. And those, and I know where those names come from. You ain't so, so Whoopi's character is she owns an adult daycare center, and uh, Monique's character kind of works with her because she's because she's delayed. She's like in the Chimes program, so it's like that's her kind of her keeping a good eye on her. So she works with her because Monique is kind of stuck in her sixteen year old mindset, like she's really childlike. Um, and I think she could pull it off. Felicia uh, Rashad's character is like she's a, a opera singer. Like she's well traveled. She's like the diva of all the sisters. Break. Oh, 
I gotta get back. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BeExposedRadio.com. And we're back with more Cheryl Underwood Radio. Thank you, Super Deucer. So uh, we're at the top of the show getting that six X from the hill. That news you can use that word on the street. Uh, our favorite country lawyer, better known as Judge Harry Sutherland, is away. He, he will be back uh, next week uh, if the Lord says so and uh, if his heart is in it. Um, also, somebody called me and said, why are you not talking about the fact that it's Congressional Black Caucus Week? Um, because I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we salute everybody. I think Cory Booker is uh, the, un- the official chair. I think mm-hmm. of the Congressional Black Caucus Week, and there are a lot of uh, political discussions going on. Shout out to our friends over at AARP um, because they're going to be sponsoring a number of things, uh, and all the MPHC that will be in attendance uh, at the Congressional Black Caucus, where they have the Council of Presidents meeting at the CBC. So uh, we know there's a, a lot of uh, work being done, especially with the midterm uh, elections. We're trying to get everybody ready, uh, driving souls to the polls to go to the polls in the midterm election when Harry Sutherland comes back. We're going to talk about our strategic push at Sherlin Wood Radio. We're not telling you who to vote for. Right. We just we just encouraging you to vote. Please vote. To vote. So what's two months here. That's right. What's the beef that the Republicans have with Google's? Uh, the search engines. The oh, mm-hmm. basically, I mean, it's it should be everybody's beef probably. I mean, because right. they're so powerful. I uh-huh. mean, Google's the most power. They're more powerful than most governments. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can control whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you, I mean, if you just put one name in there, I mean, people mm-hmm. have to be aware of what agenda is being pushed out right. by that particular thing. So, so when we see this Facebook stuff or we uh-huh. see this Twitter stuff that uh-huh. people complain about, is that something? Yeah, but in the big picture, yeah. Google is. And I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. Is Google bigger than Facebook? Oh, it's bigger than everybody. Okay, as far so- as news wise and pushing like a so when you type in something, the first few things that pop up is being controlled by Google. Yes, their al- algorithm for their narrative uh-huh, of uh-huh. what they want to put through there. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so, so President Trump complained about this. Uh, I'm sure he has. Yeah, quite yeah, a bit. He, 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 he put his name in there. Because he was trying to say yeah. that it only popped up President Obama stuff. Right. It, so that it's liberalism. <laughs> uh, but but I guess who's the more well-known and well-appreciated uh, uh, leader? President Obama, possibly. President Trump. They searching for him because he gives you good entertainment, uh, and he's causing commotion. Yep, and he's causing commotion. Hey, um, this is three, right? Yes, it is. Okay, super producer. We're going to continue our discussion and uh, talk about some uh, things going on around the world uh, when we come back with more Cheryl Underwood Radio. You are listening to Be Exposed. Let me tell you, sidebar from that movie conversation. So. I'm a real fat person because I can actually cook, but I don't enjoy cooking when it's warm outside. But um, there's a Chinese store around the corner from me, and they just opened up, so I really feel safe with eating there because I know the health department probably come in there on a weekly, monthly basis. Um, but because uh, I don't want no cat and dog, I'm not even going to lie to you. There's a restaurant down the street that got in trouble for uh, somebody got film of them putting rats, bringing them back into the store. I, I'm not playing that game. Um, and they back open now. I don't know who the fuck will let somebody back open when they got footage of them taking dead animals back into the damn restaurant. But that's our health department here in Baltimore City. Uh, and probably around the world. Um, so, uh, anyway, so 
I discovered this meal. So, General Tso's, the chicken that they use for General Tso's chicken, I asked for that. And black pepper chicken is not on the menu. So, if you go to the um, Paul Chang's Hong Kong restaurant on Charles Street, ask for the black pepper chicken with the General Tso's chicken. And if they go hook it up, it got peppers and onions and but get the the rice noodles instead of the rice or the lo mein. But just get when I tell you it's gonna it's first of all it's gonna open up your season because it's all the pepper. You were right. You were right. What you eat it? You no, it? that that was very fat. I'm sorry. This is a whole fat subject. <laughs> but it was I was eating it during the break and it is very delicious. <laughs> And the lady know what I order when I go there, so I don't even gotta like order it. She already know I can call and be on my way, and she had it ready. And they know how to make it, but you gotta get it with the general Tao's chicken because the other chicken is just like baked chicken, and it be like chopped up. But when they use the general Tao, it's the kind that got the bread in around it, and it takes the sauce much easier. And I can feel the pepper in my. M- okay, so I'm gonna go back to the. Um, I'm gonna go back to the movie. When I say this right here gave me life early in the morning early in the morning because I was looking straight so it really um, it really was casted so I would go into like what they do like what they so I said Whoopi on the daycare center uh, Monique's character is the lady I'll just say the lady I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody um, her you mean Dorothy. Uh, Dorothy <laughs> works at the daycare center. Dorothy, she works at the. She's work. She had. She owns her own daycare, adult daycare center, and Monique works. It's like assisted living, basically, but she owns the facility. Um, Monique works there with her. Um, Felicia Rashard. Her name is Lucille. She's the opera singer, and I. And my mind, I just think I was dreaming about who these people were and what their abilities were and I think it just all came to be and this was a real lit dream um but Felicia Rashad so this is how you could tell I was dreaming Felicia Rashad is a closeted lesbian so uh I don't know why I just this is where my dreams go what do you dream about um Lynn Whitfield's character. Now, hands down, Lynn Whitfield is one of my favorite actresses outside of Whoopi and Angela Bassett and Felicia Rashad. These are some of my favorite actresses. These ladies that I, I dreamed about. Like, these really are, like, my favorite actresses. And to get them all in one movie would be, like, out of control. Um, so, Felicia Rashad, she's an opera singer, well-traveled, but she's a closeted lesbian. That comes out because she actually brings her girlfriend home for the very first time. Um, uh, Lynn Whitfield's character name is Beatrice. Uh, She's a youth therapist. Uh, She's been married five times. Uh, Angela Bassett's character is named Ruthann. She's a chef and owner of a restaurant. Viola Davis' character, like I said, she's a writer and she's a drug addict. And Monique, being the youngest, her name is Vera, she works at the assistant living place, uh, the adult daycare center, with her sister. But she's still stuck in, like, her early teens. And I believe that's when she was molested. So the father molested her, too. 
so the father had sex with his daughter slash granddaughter. And I just... Did they talk about it? You said what? Did they talk about it? Yeah, well, they all... Dis- well, they find Whoopi and Rashad... Whoopi... Like, you really low. Whoopi and... Like the two molested ones. Do they talk about it? All of them have been molested. So the father slept with all oh. of them. Oh! Right. The father slept with all of them. That's what comes out. So the young lady wrote about this in a book. So she thought... So I can't get into that because that was kind of me writing. But um, in the dream, it is this... So Whoopi and uh, Felicia Rashad, Felicia comes home second. So she is right behind Whoopi coming in. And she, uh, Whoopi has already found the book. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> the Artist Exchange Radio Show will be right back. Don't go anywhere. And we're back with more Cheryl Underwood Radio. Thank you, Super Producer. Hey, uh, Courtney Black. <laughs> with all the facts. Some, yeah. of them. <laughs> Some of them that she admits. <laughs> so you, uh, the Courtney, wanted yeah. to talk about that uh, President Trump mm-hmm. cut $10 million from FEMA to support ICE. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so uh, while the budget is being arranged, right? Correct. Uh, I think last week we talked about, uh, or, or earlier this week, I'm sorry. Didn't we talk about President Trump cutting or freezing uh, pay raises or something right. for government mm-hmm. workers? Right. So I guess, I guess the issue, especially when we got Hurricane Florence. Exactly. It's hurricane mm-hmm. season. Yes. Uh, especially when Puerto Rico has not been rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a document, uh, a budget document entitled Department of Homeland Security Fiscal Year 2018 Transfer and Reprogram and Notifications. List $9,755,303. Dollars taken from FEMA's budget, about 0.9% of the agency's listed overall budget, and is given to support ICE. Now, yeah. Courtney, when you brought this up, mm-hmm. you admitted. <laughs> I know the title, but I don't know all the facts. Yeah. So. She said it to me too. Yeah. Hey, did you hear about that? Oh, okay, cool. So the document lists the additional money was taken to help ICE detain immigrants along the southern border, mm-hmm. and the fund had fund beds and detention centers remove undocumented immigrants. While the country does not really appreciate this, and I'm sure that the areas and the different representatives of those areas did not want this to come out I'm because sure. if you are co-signing what President Trump is doing now. I'm looking at you sideways and wondering, do you need to be reelected or elected? Kyle? Well, some people are very happy with what he's doing, Cheryl. Mm -hmm. And that's why he got elected. Some people Mm -hmm. are fed up with our lackadaisical. I want to call it lackadaisical, but that don't feel like how you're supposed to say it. Perry, how you say it, man? Hold on. This is where you push the button. Let me hear Harry's Who's that dude you always be trying to get him to pronounce him? It's what? Tagabababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababab
C A D A I S I C A N. Yeah, like L A C K A D A I S I C A L. Lackadaisical. 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 That's black people. That's not ask the question. It's not. Actually, it is. It's Lacking life, spirit, zest. Did you hear It's not ask a question. Actually, it is, Courtney. It actually is. I didn't want to double down on it. I didn't want to double down. I didn't want to. Lack a day, a call, first use. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com. Tell you, I'm really telling you, go to Paul Chang's, our Hong Kong restaurant and Chinese store. I asked Lord Sue Young at the um, counter. <coughs> that's not a real name, but that's what I'm gonna call him. Um, start off by asking for people. Huh? Can we let Sue do her job and just take my order? No, but ask her for. <laughs> ask her for the black black pepper chicken. Okay. Tell her Nate Century she know who I am. You introduce yourself and everything, so she's very... Well, I mean, she's seen my, my debit card a number of times, and she's oh, okay. real personable. Now, when they had... Before they closed down, she wasn't as personable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. Sue Young was not this uh, personable. And um, since they've reopened, they got a... You might want to go there. They got a bar inside now. They got big screen TVs. They change it to whatever you want them to change it to. They got a, I, I wouldn't eat the buffet, but they got a nice menu. But get the black pepper chicken. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. <sighs> With the rice noodles. It's going to change your life. The rice noodles are so light. They're not heavy. They're gonna, not going to leave you all gassy and bloated and stuff like that. So I'm telling you. Rice noodles are good. So back to... You want to show this to her so she can become a sponsor. I, I am. I've already, I talked needs- to her today about it. I'm okay. just saying. This is the first thing I ever brought in here. Oh. So it's still in my mouth and I feel <laughs> But um so yeah, so I'm a, um I'm gonna flush through this a little bit more and I'm a, I'm gonna get back to everybody about what this is. But I, I wrote kind of like a plot to it. I wrote like a plot for it and it really like I really need this to happen. Even if it's just on stage or it comes out as just a book, like this is like, I love it. Like, it really, I woke up wanting to see the ending. Like, that's how good it was to me in my head. But I wrote, like, a little brief plot. I, the only thing that I changed in the plot was they were coming home to celebrate their parents' reunion. I changed it from the mother being, from her dying in the beginning to them coming home to celebrate their parents' reunion. So this... This becomes an annual thing for them, opposed to them them randomly coming home. This is when my my creative director self started stepping in. So, so the six sisters she... come home to celebrate their parents' 65th wedding anniversary. They have all been hiding a horrible family secret. Each of them, at some point, has been molested by their father. Shirley Mae gets her seventh book published and decides to write a story about her six sisters who are all dealing with being raped by their father. She decides to send the mother an advanced copy of the book. They all come home to find their mother has 
killed their father and hidden the body in the basement freezer. They must all decide what to do with the body and decide how to protect their mother. So in this version of it, kind of different from the actual dream that I had, because I want Diane, Car Diane Carroll's character as the mother to be able to be seen. So they're deciding what to do with their mother. And Diane Carroll is... And all of them have ages. Whoopi being the oldest, so she would be 65. And uh, I kind of finagled the ages a little bit. And Monique would be 50. So the current Diane, character, Diane Carroll's character is 83. So imagine your 83-year-old mother killing her husband because she finds out that he molested. So she must have, in my mind, the way this dream was going, she must have felt like something happened. So the fact that the daughter wrote about it and then was going to publish it, she only wanted the mother to read it first because she didn't know, like, the daughter wrote about what if he molested all of us, not knowing that he molested all of them. The only two sisters that knew about all the other sisters was the two oldest, but the rest of them had no idea, like, that they weren't the only ones. And Monique's character is kind of like stuck because she's still trapped probably at that moment when he probably raped her when the trauma happened. But I'm telling you whether this is going to be a book. I think it's still going to be a book. So it's basically like he molested them one at a time and then stopped? He, it probably was overlapping. Like it never, when actually in the dream, like it wasn't like one of them kind of like on trial telling the story. It was more so they were all just sharing when they all realized what had just happened. So the mother was kind of the reason they didn't come forward because they would have to come forward with telling their own story. Right. Right. Um, and I guess, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, people are kind of stuck because you're carrying on a relationship with your parent. And I think probably this storyline kind of overlapped because I saw on Yon Levez that a week ago, there was a family on the, um, there was a family on. So, go ahead. I have a question though. Did uh -huh. the mother know? She may have felt it. Because how is she, so I'm confused on how she didn't realize that who, one of the daughters was, was pregnant. That was Monique's father. Who Monique thought her father was. Right. So in the dream, in the dream, I, so I can't, I'm going I'm to tell you after the show who the, the mother is, but the mother just popped up pregnant. So nobody ever said, the, uh, well, one this of the is sisters how just popped up pregnant. One, you said who? One of the sisters. The sister, yeah, one of the sisters, one of the sisters popped up pregnant. Uh. So it wasn't clear as to how she got pregnant. And she it was refused just, to tell who the father yeah, was. Yeah, she never told, you know, mm -hmm. this is how I got pregnant. Because she was like a teenager at the time, mm -hmm. so nobody, she just was pregnant. And she and, basically admit huh? that, she didn't want to basically admit right. that, that she had been having sex with her father. Now the story that I saw on Yonla, it was the brother that was having sex with one of the sisters. He had molested one of the See, sisters. See, the thing about this, Monique might not take this role because of it's her own real. situation. <laughs> Being uh, molested with, by with her, her brother. brother. Yeah. But I think that's why she would take it. 
to play the role with truth with truthness to it. Yeah, I like I think she would do it because hmm. it's not like she's saying her brother molested her; it's her father that molested her. That's that's like taking it to the nth power. Yeah, but I think <laughs> the the character was so like in the movie. I could tell how delayed. Monique's like I just saw these people playing it, so I saw how the the late Monique's character was, and it was crazy to me watching this because, I, I, you know, I, I was in the dream, but I didn't understand why I was in there in a room with them, and nobody I was nobody acknowledged me, so I think I was just a fly on the wall, but I could see how it was coming out and. Yeah. So one of the sisters, who is, the sister who is Monique's real mother, says something. Like she admits that he was the father. So they all knew that she got pregnant as a teen, but they didn't know who the father was. So she's the did first the one to know. admit that, yes, did, this was Did the daddy know that Monique was his daughter? Yeah, like he, he was doing it to his child. Like... Who wait, else wait. would be the father? So, Daddy's a problem. <laughs> Daddy had issues because yes. he then turned around and molested Monique at the same time. Yeah. And she probably was going to be a little delayed anyway because the father had sex with the daughter. So, well, probably, I mean, I guess that's not the sick part because he was already having relations with, with his with, children, mm-hmm. taking it to the grandchild child, daughter. Yeah, granddaughter. It's normally what happens. Granddaughter, daughter, daughter, granddaughter. But it's normally you don't hear about this with blood parents and children. This is normally like the step parent or like a boyfriend right. or something. That's why but this is to the extreme. It is. Well, life is sometimes extreme. This is like I said. I saw a similar story, but it was with the brother, and he only had sex with one of. It's the not sisters. the same story, but this reminds me of that horrible movie. Um, uh-huh. That Tyler Perry made. What's it called? Uh, I can be better all by myself. No, Mm-mm. the one with the person. Oh, Diary of a Mad window. Black Woman. No, the one where the person jumped out the window with Janet Jackson and Whoopi Goldberg. All of them was in it. Oh, that wasn't. That was for Color Girls. That was. Yeah, I mean, he I had hate that movie. The movie. That's why I will yeah. never say its name. Yeah, for Color Girls. Mm, oh yeah, yeah. Like Hate all the, the plots and oh yeah 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 yeah. Hate it. It's disgusting, but it for some reason it just like it just flowed in there. And I think because I have been watching a lot of these things, and it just overlapped. And I had just finished doing the the play Blueprints, and it kind of came out from a couple characters that they had been molested in there. They was molested by the the same person that their parents had been molested by, that some of their aunts and cousins had been molested by. So this is stuff that happens. This is not like a phenomenon. This is things that happen. Um, I just chose it. And remember that video clip that was going around Facebook where the son was molesting the father? Like sometimes things are so extreme that it just... mm. But yeah, so... That's between the lines. That's kind of the working title that I have right now. That's the first thing that came in my mind because I had to write a title, so I just wrote 
between the lines. Really between the lines, the bloodlines. Oh. And then I think I was thinking about the Braxtons. And that's why it's six of them. But all these characters literally. My family. Don't put my family in it. The Braxton. You related to the Braxton? My nephew. Ooh. Mm. So he can get a Tracy, huh? I, I don't know. Well, probably I not guess. now after um, Tamar has uh, put out there that she's been molested by somebody from both her mother, family, and her father's family. Right. I heard that yesterday on Wendy. Yeah. <sighs> so, <laughs> we have a Braxton in the family. But that, okay. that, you know... With that being said, because that made a whole lot of sense on why Tony took her under her wing all those years ago when she first mm-hmm. turned when she turned sixteen and started singing yeah. with the Braxtons, and she and Tony took her and made her move with her. Mm. And she was the youngest, mm-hmm. and that's why they probably let her get away with so much. Wow, that's just crazy. It 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 makes so much sense why she probably acts out the way she does. But I think she really needs to get some help before she just... <sighs> yeah, I think... Yeah, that's... It says so much. It speaks a lot. Probably why she's been in, like, abusive relationships. I didn't even realize that she was married before. That she was married, like, earlier on. During that first album. Right, and it was said. Like, I know a couple people who knew them when they were in Baltimore, and they said she was a little promiscuous, just a little bit, because she was the one that kind of rebelled more than the rest of the sisters in terms of, like, being with boys and stuff. But but she wasn't the one that came home with babies. But they were married, though. No. They were. I don't, well. Who, Tracy? No, she wasn't. Tracy was married. She got married. She got <laughs> She got married. But she's the only one that's still married to the same person. And she only has one And child. that's true. And that's true. I commend her for that. Yes. It's very shocking for a Baltimore girl. Oh. I'm just saying. Just saying. It's, you know, marriage, I'm talking about the marriage part. It's not, this is not a marriage city. Yeah. I'm always shocked to hear somebody's been married for more than like five, six years. In the city. I didn't because I didn't grow up in the city with a lot of I think in my family there was there's been one marriage that's lasted <clears throat> since I was a child and that's my cousin Yvette and she's been married ooh they've been married if I'm 35 they've been married probably like probably like 30 some years so that's been the longest marriage in my family sorry um yeah, so that's the movie, and I, I really no um, huh? I don't know no married people. You don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know somebody got a got married. I'm nobody. A- See, I told you Baltimore is not the city where people get married. That's I'm just saying. Now, I mean, it's a lot of marriages happen. Like, my sister's been married for a number of years. I got a cousin that's my... Like, I'm starting to hear about marriages now because it's the thing to do now because Cardi B and Offset has gotten married. So it's a thing to do if you hood, get married. 
Uh, pop culture. Pop culture. It's pop culture to get married. They wanted to be the next Jay-Z and Beyonce or, you know, Whitney and Bobby. They wanted to be the next that. So, but uh, do I have time or are we about to go to break? So we're going to take another quick break. We have one more segment. We'll be right back here on the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Only on BeExposedRadio.com. One monkey. Don't stop this show. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're back with more Cheryl Underwood Radio. Thank you, Super Producer. Hey, um, you're listening to Cheryl Underwood Radio, and you can call us, 1-855-Cheryl1, or email us at email us at CherylUnderwoodRadio.com. What break is this, Super Producer? What did you say? Number three. Oh, it's three? Mm-hmm. Hey, can I read a... Can I read a... E- email? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking sure, should I read this email? Well, well, no. Yeah, I think they call this show. Cheryl no, Underwood oh, Radio. <laughs> no. Sure. Okay, yeah. let me check and see if I can find this, find this email. But who is who is sick? Somebody's very, very sick. Who is Scarface, Cheryl Underwood. Houston legend. Right. Yeah, Houston legend, Scarface. Uh, for those, some know him from, my mind's playing tricks on me from yeah. the Ghetto Boys. Uh-huh. When Solo, he's mm-hmm. one of the, he's one of the legends of, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of the West Coast, you think of Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. East Coast, you got Jay-Z. And mm-hmm. H-Town is Scarface. That's his. Mm-hmm. South. Oh, yeah. He well, what's he fighting? Down. What's he's fighting lung cancer. He smoked a lot? Smoked a whole lot. Rapped a whole lot. Uh, uh-huh. He's known for Rap-A-Lot records, by the way. Uh-huh. But uh, he smoked a lot, lot, lot. Hey, and, yeah. uh, we are praying for him. Then. Absolutely. And, uh, and is, is he in the hospital? Does he have insurance? Um, I, I'm pretty I, sure he has insurance. I know. I hope so. He's actually in a, he's uh, performing again, which is great. That's fantastic. Seven years old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he's battling it, right? He's fighting it. Well, sure. we, we we pray for yeah. not just his strength, but the strength of his family yeah. and all that are around him because he's going to need him now more That's than ever. Sense. Absolutely. So we praying for you, Scarface. Uh, let me see. Let me uh, read this email because you can email us at showlunderradio.com. It's from Elizabeth Wilson. Hi, I love you on the talk. Saw your show about a gal on stage singing and using the N-word, mm. white girl. It is so hard to sing along with Easy E now. Nah. I'm white and I love the band NWA. Nah. I would try to skip those parts, but it's hard to behave. LOL, Elizabeth. I'm so happy that you wrote us with that. That was nice because that's what it is. Uh-huh. You're singing along with the song, right? And not understanding, you can't do that. But Elizabeth, <laughs> hey, we Elizabeth basically made a confession on the radio. She did. She did. Yeah. This is not confession. If Harry was here, he'd be singing confessions <laughs> right, right now. Hey, um, you've been we, getting a lot, a lot of love for your outfits all week. Really? On Twitter? Is that what's happening? Yeah, they keep tweeting that. They love my outfits. Yeah, love so the way eBay you is uh, eBay off. and Macy's. I like okay. shout out eBay Macy's. We're not getting any you money don't wear for that this. Wear on the talk though, show, do you? I wear all my stuff on the talk and uh, wear my shoes and everything. Got a bad shoes right now. Full view oh, on the talk. Yeah, man. So you, uh, I guess they used to put you in what you called the Florida Evans line. Listen to me. I sure was. I was <laughs> you switched it yourself and showed them. No, what happened was I started wearing, no, I started embracing florals uh, and colors and, and everything. And then Dale McDonald, Emmy Award winning hair hey. and makeup. Yeah. Man, Dale McDonald. Mm-hmm. And, and I started to evolve my look. And now that's why we're going to go out and get this paper. There it is. You are listening to BeExposedRadio.com. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I just did an audition, and the guy told me that 
my voice was not um, masculine enough. And I should think about taking some voice lessons. So what are you going to do about that? Voice. Not a damn thing. Because <laughs> I told him I'm 35 years old. And my voice did get deeper once I turned 30. But I've always had a high voice. Like even my singing voice is still high. So I'm not going to do a damn thing about it. And I told that white man when I'm going to tell y'all. Uh, okay. All right, then. See you later. And uh, that was it. Um, but I've always been told that. Uh, but I'm a man. Last time I went to the bathroom, I checked. I'm still a man. And uh, everybody doesn't sound like Barry White. And I hate when uh, grown men uh, tell other men to put bass in their voice. Uh, bitch. That's what I wanted to say to that white man. But uh, I'm trying to be more professional. Not like I was just professional just now. But that's just what I was feeling. But... Uh, to each his own. Shout out to everybody that's doing their work and doing their thing. I have a new uh, campaign going into 2019, Minding My Own Black-Owned Business. I have decided, uh, so I'm 35, I've been 35. I am no longer going to force anybody to do what they're supposed to do for themselves. Um, I'm making sure my cup is full and everything that's running over, that's what I have to give. I'm not chasing anybody to do who and be who they're supposed to be in their lives. I'm not living for you, for you. Um, I'm not living in anybody else's lane. I'm standing in my lane. And part of who I am, I'm, I'm a very giving. I'm a very loyal person. I'm a very hardworking person. And I'm a maintain who Nate Kowser is. Everything outside of that, I ain't going to be able to do it. Um, I had to learn how to say no and be comfortable with my no and be okay with my no. And that goes for family, friends, and strangers alike. Um, I do a lot of stuff on my own, and I'm going to maintain that, and I'm going to make sure everything is good for the things that I'm connected with. And everything else, it has to go in a priority order. And if you're not in the priority, it's not happening. Um, that goes for friends, family, and strangers alike. Uh, but I'm really happy for this fifth year, and I'm really excited about what's to come for not only the artist exchange, but be exposed, all the shows that's connected. Um, and if I can't get to it, I can't get to it. Um, I wish everybody well. I hold no grudges or hardship. I've never, I've never been a person that could say I hate somebody. I don't mess with certain people, but that doesn't change how I or affect how I treat anybody. Um, my silent treatment game is deadly. Don't play that game with me because you'll never win. Uh, but I, I get quiet because my instinct is to let South Baltimore come out from within me out of my mouth and attack you. And that's just not I can't live like that. Um, I can't be in reaction mode all the time, and that's such a Baltimore thing. I can't be anticipating that I got to jump out of my seat. I can't do that. Um, but I've just learned, pace yourself, be prepared for everything, and just be who you are, the most authentic self. Um, and speaking of being my most authentic self, 
um, in the last couple of minutes, I'm going to just discuss one of the projects that I have outside of this storyline that just got to come out of me. Um, so it's going to be a book. It's going to be a, either a stage play or a film. Film is really hard. I'm just saying that I'm still working with blueprints. So I don't know about a film right now, but definitely a book first. <clears throat> and I'll do what, you know, the other greats have done and turn their memoir into an awesome film project or TV series. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. There's so many options, but I want to focus on writing the script and writing the the writing it out first. But about me and my story, I have started a project called Manifest, 365 Days, 365 Thoughts. I have to be honest, I don't do it on a daily basis like I promised, but I'm getting stronger with that. I started off strong and it kind of got real serious and it got real real and I kind of fell back a little bit. So we're on day no, we're on day 17 right now. So day 17 will be finished this, by this evening. And basically every day or every day I uh, write something that is personal. And all of it isn't sad. I think the first couple weeks it got real personal and sad, but all the stories for the first year for the for this the duration of this project will not always be said. It's just personal stuff that has happened to me, whether it be in the past or currently, uh, and everything in between that. Uh, and just thoughts that I'm having about certain things, like there's an issue of uh, toxic masculinity um, and how I praise. You know, uh, two of those stories are kind of on my mind right now. I'm trying to decide which one of those is going to be next. And I think it's going to be the praise one. Um, I was really introduced to religion in such a harsh way because I went to Catholic school. So it was forced down my throat to learn how to pray. I know how to pray in Latin, Spanish, and English. And I had to learn those things. It was part of school. So it was forced on me to me being growing up as a teenager. My mother forcing me to go to church. And then religion being something as an adult that I chose to do. Uh, and people examining how you praise. And I just had a praise report from an a awesome young lady I met on Facebook, and she prophesied. And I don't let people do that to me, but she, her energy felt clean to me. And that's, that she brought that up. Uh, that was the one thing that she said. How you pray is how you pray, and don't let anybody else measure your prayer by their crooked, broken standards. Um, so that's just who I am. Uh, so you can find this on Instagram. And after this week, uh, all the stories will be transferred to the Facebook page. So you can find them either on Instagram or on Facebook at uh, 365 Days, 365 Thoughts. Uh, the working title is Manifest uh, by me. So the artwork, most of the artwork uh, is by me. And I'll feature other artists and other art pieces throughout this uh, series. So this has been another episode of the Artist Exchange Radio Show, uh, only on BigSpoilsRadio.com. Next up at 9 p.m., it is what it is, radio show. Don't go on, well, you can go somewhere now. Peace out. Back with more Cheryl Underwood Radio. Thank you, Super Producer. Hey, uh, we're talking entertainment right now, but after this break, we're going to go into the sports bar with men come to talk with women come to.